0: All right, welcome back to another episode of Event Hubs Stock and Block. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero.
1: And with me is another John. Uh, please welcome J.M. Crofts. He is a streamer. He is an o er as I just found <laughs> out behind the scenes. J.M., welcome. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Hey, really happy to be here, guys. I feel uh, like everyone in the FGC, you know, I've been reading Event Hubs for a really long time. So uh, it's cool to get to do something with you guys.
1: Well, I've been having fun, you know, posting some of your videos and some of your content. You've been doing a lot of interesting things, um, but I'll jump it right in, jump it right in. I'll jump right into it here. The the game that you've been focusing on a lot that I've seen in, in recent times is... Third Strike, Street Fighter 3. And the reason that's particularly interesting to me, or to us, I should say, right now, is because uh, that game is hailed as a very polarizing in the Street Fighter community, for sure. wasn't very successful in a lot of ways, but it is hailed as um, one of the best competitive and and what would you say, a sort of like skill-based Street Fighter competitions um, in, in the franchise's history. Everyone loves that parry. Everyone loves that Moment 37 and, and what it took to pull that off and how amazing it was and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think that there is a decent bit of overlap in terms of gameplay, uh, skill-based, competitive gameplay that we are seeing Capcom sample from Street Fighter three and put in, or try to put in, to Street Fighter 6. And in a perfect world, Street Fighter 6 will be this game that's good for casuals, it's good for competitors, it checks all the boxes, and everybody and their mother can have something to do and something to appreciate about this game. So what I wanna ask you, first of all, J.M., since you've been playing this game, uh, Third Strike, quite a bit in recent times, can you talk about what makes you feel um, like, if you agree with this, that Third Strike's gameplay is especially fun for the competitively minded player.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I think that's definitely true that like Third Strike is one of the games where you're constantly getting rewarded the more time you put in. So it never feels like you really hit that limit of diminishing returns where it's like, oh, there's, there's nothing left for me to grind, you know? Like, what am I gonna do? Like, you're always, you know, whether it's, you know, parry setups, red parries, like obscure confirms into super, like there's so much to learn. And there's been like a big talking point lately of like like player expression or like the the terminology that Maximilian dude uses is like loose games versus tight games, meaning like a loose game has a lot more options open to you, whereas a tight game is more like the way the developers intend for the game to play is how it plays. So I think third strike is is super loose. There's so much opportunity for expression. You can play every character in different styles depending on like what style suits you best. Also, you know, every character has three supers, and even the supers that aren't like good or like meta or used that often, like I just did a video recently about Makoto Tandon Renki. You never see this super because you can't block while you're doing it. But like there are those players out there where like that's their thing. They're like, I want to be the best tandem Ranky player on the block. And they just grind and get good with it. So Third Strike has so much opportunity for that. Whereas like Street Fighter 5, you know, overall I think Street Fighter 5 ended up in a good place by the end of its lifespan. It had a rough launch, but by the end of it, you know, I think it ended up being a fun game. But one of the problems with it that I think sort of rubbed a lot of longtime players the wrong way is the game plays the way it's intended the way the way that the developer wants (laughs) you to play Ryu that's the way you're going to be playing Ryu there's not that much room for like I really want to express myself by finding some niche thing some out of the box thing some unique play style like it's kind of hard to tell like if we're watching a video of you know like Punk playing Karen versus you know another like top Karen player like Mago or whatever like it's not that easy to tell which one you're looking at just by looking there are little things that can tip you off like oh punk is so good at hitting this hit confirm or whatever so sometimes there's stuff like that but for the most part the play styles aren't going to be that different between the players so I feel like a lot of people have kind of felt that that player expression has been missing and we're really hoping that Street Fighter 6 might bring it back you know bring back a little bit of that old school flavor where you can go off the rails a little bit and be a little more experimental.
1: You brought up Street Fighter V there, and, and I will give it credit that they have fleshed it out. They've given additional V skills, additional V triggers, mm-hmm. so that you do have some options to mix and match and make the character in the style your own. But it, it has had a rough time sort of getting away from this is how you play optimally. Do you feel like Street Fighter Six is going to detach from that a little bit or, or provide a more like a vast array of options for people to explore and to basically make any character their own?
2: So in ter- in terms of like how like what's being done in Street Fighter 6 that that implies to me that this is something that maybe they're kind of trying to change or a direction they're trying to go in there's kind of two main things right the first one is parry right so Street Fighter Six brings back parry, and it's definitely not the same as Third Strike parry. There's a lot of major differences. Like, parry can whiff in Street Fighter Six, whereas in Third Strike, if you whiff a parry, your character doesn't do anything. You know, you can instantly block after whiffing a parry, so it's not that bad. So there are major differences, um, but, like, parry in general kind of serves as a tool to, to prevent your opponent from doing the same thing over and over. You know, like, even, <laughs> even if a move is really abusable and broken, like... Chun-Li crouching medium kick or stand fierce like these are busted moves that are so so hard to deal with but if they're just doing crouching medium kick over and over fishing for super you can parry and blow them up so I I feel like the the idea is there with parry and street fighter 6 we've definitely seen it seems like you don't get that much reward off of a normal parry in street fighter 6 it seems like most moves you don't get a punish if you parry them normally you 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 might get like Uh, You save yourself some chip damage or like you might get Mm -hmm. like a minor thing, but you're not going to get like a full combo for parrying like a stray medium punch or something, unless it's a perfect parry. So perfect parrying is like a whole other can of worms. And we do know that the timing on perfect parry is very strict. I've heard it's something like four or five frames. Whereas parry and third strike is ten frames, so it's a lot harder to hit a perfect parry in six. So we'll have to see how that works, but definitely the the option of of having parry is this universal thing that's like if you know your opponent's going to attack and you parry it, like you know that's going to turn the situation around on them. So that's something that's available in six. Uh, although there is no red parry in six, so that's another thing. Like red parry can help prevent, you know, sort of. Can uh, you explain
1: what that is really quick? Just yeah. So red
2: parrying is parrying out of blocks done so like a multi-hit move you can block one hit and then parry and it's really hard to do but it opens up so much so there's stuff like akuma crouching medium kick into fireball is pretty abusable but if you can red parry the fireball you can punish it so all of a sudden this like really insane neutral tool that akuma has becomes a little bit risky or like necro he has like his spinning like half circle forward punch move uh, it's safe on block, like you can space it out so that uh, you can counter poke them if they try to take their turn after. It's like such a ridiculous move, but it's a major downside that it's a multi-hit move, meaning that once they block the first hit, they can react and red parry the second hit. So it, these are just more things to be like, hey, even if you have a move that is really ridiculous on paper, like everything about this move is good. The frame data, the range, the hit boxes, everything is so good. But if I know you're going to do it, I can parry it. So that that option being there is really huge. So SF6 doesn't have red parry, so that reduces some of the options a little bit. But it does have guard cancel or I forget what it's called, like drive reversal or whatever. So it does have something that you can do while you're blocking, which like notably Street Fighter 4 didn't have that. I think a lot of people kind of felt that was a big problem with Street Fighter 4 was there's literally nothing you can do while blocking no, no push block, no alpha counter, no guard cancel, red parry, anything like that. Uh, so Street Fighter 5 had V had V-reversal, and now Street Fighter VI is going to have something similar. So options on block seem pretty good. So anyway, that was a long rant just about how parry could be one of the things that, you know, they're they're sort of trying to add a little more freedom to the game. And then the other one is just that they're giving characters more moves. They're giving characters so many moves in this, like, have we noticed that Ryu and Chun have like, Chun, Chun, she has a new stance and that has like four different enders or whatever. So Chun-Li has like a million new moves and she has up kicks, which she hasn't had in a few games. And like Ryu can charge Denjin. Ryu has like this new like short range Hadoken. Like every returning character is getting all these new things. Whereas Street Fighter V move lists felt a little empty. Like Zangief didn't have green hand. Like a lot of characters were like missing notable moves uh so now you know i i think it's good for characters to have moves even if they're not like good like even if there's a move where you look at it and you're like why would you ever use this this move is bad like non-ex greenhand and sf4 for geef was like mm-hmm. a big example everyone's like this move is bad on hit, yeah it's punishable on hit 1. why would you yeah. ever do it but you know it turns out there are uses you know you can blow up fireballs with it you can use it to like move forward in space like there are reasons why you would do it so having more options i think generally tends to just make the characters feel more complete so that's something i'm looking forward to as well
0: yeah it's something that in street Fighter 5 that they really heavily addressed with the dlc characters uh, i'm a rose main and when people say oh this game is not te- i played rosa monat uh, after initially playing a bison who's not technical at all and one of the most <laughs> stone cold stupid characters I've ever seen in a fighting game <laughs> uh, and unfortunately Street Fighter 5 has a, a plethora of those um, and uh, it, it's uh, there's some really bad design elements in Street Fighter 5 but there's some really good ones as well mm-hmm. and it looks like the the philosophy there like Rose has got four uh, five core special moves and, and what they're doing is Ryu's got more special moves and other stuff than he's ever had in a fighting game in Street Fighter 6 and they're really throwing the kitchen sink at people on this game and saying like okay we've heard that complaint here is everything you should need plus some and then play in whatever style you want to do whatever approach you want to it's such a it's such a heavy correction from what street fighter 5 was especially with the launch cast again the, the dlc characters generally fixed these issues but uh, the launch cast is who most people play and what most people experience so mm-hmm. uh, it was a big ball drop there for capcom
1: one of the first things that comes to mind in the comparison of street fighter 5 here is um when v triggers would come into play especially earlier on like i think of akuma when remember when he could cancel his fireball on whiff into his v-trigger activation which meant that i mean once you had enough experience against him you realized that once akuma had v-trigger stocked, the game changed and you just needed to wait for that to come out because the risk of of doing anything there was almost always going to be not worth trying like oh i i read your fireball and i jumped over it you should be going to pain town right now but instead oh it's a it's a i have forever as the akuma to anti air you maybe side switch you into the corner and i have v trigger to combo you with and plus i'm going to have some more of it after i finish this combo um and then a lot of characters could just put a very heavy move or a sweep on you activate into v trigger and you knew you were just going to be holding this situation. It was... Fairly predictable, and I think that's a big part of what makes Third Strike and potentially Street Fighter Six, and especially because of this parry we've been talking about, um, those games are, don't appear to be as predictable. So it's like even if you're in this situation, you have a, a chance, and it's sort of a skill-based chance, which is interesting too, to escape, to change things around, uh, and then you know, look no further than Moment Thirty-Seven is probably the shining example of that. Even when, <laughs> even when you don't have time to react to a uh, to the super itself once the flash has happened. Right. Daigo got, you know, well, he was preparing, but he also got a little lucky there. Um, you know, a situation like that, even that you can escape technically if you're really good. And if you do, oh my gosh, we'll remember you forever because it was this amazing display. And I think that Street Fighter 6. Capcom is trying to give players the opportunity to make those showcases kind of happen again, um, specifically through perfect parry. Regular parry, like you were kind of getting at, JM, it feels almost like it, a lot of times it's not good. It's like you, yeah. you don't want to be regular parrying most things unless it's a multi-hitting super and you can absorb all those hits and you know build a bunch of meter and still have time to punish. But um, I do think that this game feels like you always have that that potential for comeback that potential for and, and again skill-based comeback through that perfect parry um, so that's that's one of the things that it's really resonated with me and I'm really excited to directly explore um, you know firsthand um, but yeah
2: yeah i I've only played Street Fighter six for a about an hour so not that much compared to some people who I know have had the chance at like multiple events but yeah regular parry to me it feels kind of like focus dash in Street Fighter 4 so like you can focus absorb attack and attack and then dash so that has some uses like you can focus dash a fireball and you know you save the chip damage and you give yourself a little ultra so if you parry a fireball in SF6 you save yourself the chip damage and you build a little bit of V gauge so it's kind of like that and then there are some moves that are like so slow on recovery that you could focus dash punish them in four like i remember Hazanchu for chun li i I played chun li a lot and her flip kick Hazanchu. you could focus dash into like close strong with fear with with, uh ryu and and like link into fierce that was like your go-to punish so that's kind of what normal parry feels like if it's like a move with a lot of recovery you can normal parry and maybe get a juicy punish but if it's just some random normal like You're not really going to get anything. In fact, you might even be exposing yourself to danger because there's this little guessing game that happens when you're doing a parry and you're like, how long should I hold it? Like, are they going to be ready for me to let go right here? Should I just do a short one and hope that they don't hit me during recovery? Because it does have some frames of recovery. It can be a little bit scary.
1: So, Jam, I want to ask, does the the vastness and the potential of the V system and the different way or I'm sorry the V system, the drive system, does the vastness there, does that come across to you as intimidating? Like, I, I can never figure this fully out or is that exciting um, or somewhere in between?
2: It's it's definitely a little bit of both. You know, I, I think when we're talking about this whole idea of, you know, player expression and things that make experienced players happy, a, a big thing is. Decision making, right? Decision making is what adds complexity. So there there are some meters in fighting games that are honestly pretty boring, right? Like the super meter in super turbo. Obviously, it was exciting at the time because we had never seen that before. So everyone's like, oh, my God, he's doing a super. But like, there's no decision. You just have your super and you decide when you're going to do it. And then, you know, in Third Strike, it's a little bit more complex because now you have EX moves and you have multiple supers. So it's like, should I be spending all my meter on EX or should I be saving it for the big super? Whereas like Ultras and SF4, again, are like pretty boring. Ultra, it's just Ultra. You either do it or you don't. And then characters who don't have an Ultra that's easy to combo into or whatever, they tended to be a little bit weaker because they have this meter just sitting there that has no other use. But the drive system in SF6 is insane. It does everything. It does, It's your EX moves. It's your guard cancel. It's your block gauge. It's like your dizzy meter in a way, because when it runs out, that's the only time that you can be dizzy. Like it does everything. And you start the round with it full. That's <laughs> probably that's probably my favorite part of six, to yeah. be honest, is like when when was the last game where you start with full meters, like Alpha three or something like uh, Alpha three? Yeah, It's actually yeah. kind of insane. So it, it is intimidating, but also it feels really empowering because you start the match and you're like, bro, I can throw out I can throw out whatever EX I want here at the start or, you know, I can do like drive rush like I, I can do like a normal cancel into drive rush and like get crazy plus frames. Cause we've seen that like drive rush is going to add special properties to whatever move you do out of it. So like the possibilities are, are so endless. So it, it is, it is a lot to think about. There are a lot of decisions and I just know that on day one, when the game comes out, we are going to be feasting. If you just save your meter and let the other guy exhaust himself. Oh, it's going to be so good. We're going to get so many, so many dizzies and like so many people just think, Exhausted, not able to use EXs. Is that what it's called? Exhaust, what's it called? Burnout. Uh, burnout. burnout. Yeah. burnout yeah. No, right. yeah. Everyone, everyone's just going to burn themselves out. So that's going to be great. So it does seem complicated, but it, it seems empowering at the same time. So I'm definitely excited. I'm a
0: Street Fighter Five player, so burnout is going to be like, what if you play a lot of Street Fighter V? Like, burnout is going to be your state of mind pretty much uh, at all times <laughs> yeah. because it's, I mean, that's how you play that game. It's like, let me throw caution to the wind and just go for it. And uh, when I was playing it at Evo, I, I did burn myself out quite a bit just because I wasn't expecting it to happen. I'm like, oh, I've just got a bunch of EX moves. I'll just go for it. But, um, one of the things that uh, um, you mentioned there, JM, was about that it being very intimidating to players that are first starting out, and I agree with that. That's very, very true. And one of the things that's very helpful when you're you're starting out a game like this is don't worry about trying to master everything. Uh, you were talking about you know third strike and red parries and other stuff. You could be a very competent and, and great you know third strike player without knowing much in the way of red parries. It's a great w- thing without to know even if you, parrying yeah. in
2: general. Really, like yeah. a lot of times yeah. parrying is more of a trap because people try to do it all the time. When blocking, <laughs> blocking is better because you don't have to guess
0: high low. You know. So. That. There you go. Exactly. So so for people starting out, like I, I get, you know, seeing all these things on screen and being like, oh, I need to get all of these done and all that. It's like, no, you don't need to. Pick the stuff that you want to be good at and, and go from there and then add that stuff in later on if you feel like you need to. Uh, but I, I do wonder about that because um, developers have talked about this quite a bit and it actually goes clear back to the original alpha game where the developers said like, we want to simplify these games for players so that they anyone could kind of pick them up and play it and compete at a decent level and all that, and then Street Fighter Six Six is saying, "Heck with all that noise, we're throwing everything at you and, and go for it." Now they do have the, the simplified control scheme, but do you think that's going to be maybe a step back for some people? Like the game is going to be too intimidating overall uh, for more casual players not not people like us, but for more people who are just trying to pick up the game.
2: I, I think I'm, I might be I might have like kind of crazy opinions about this kind of thing per, personally. Oh, I I think people overthink it. Like people go like, oh, you know, we have to remove, you know, FADC, for example. F A D C is too complicated of a mechanic. We have to get rid like beginners can't understand this, which is probably true. Beginners aren't gonna be able to learn FADC for a long time, but like they don't care. I I feel like at the end of the day, like Marvel vs. Capcom Two was such an insanely popular game, and it's one of the hardest games ever. But it was so popular just because it's so intuitively fun. You can't not have fun when you're playing or like smash melee smash melee is the hardest fighting game. I legitimately think that smash melee is harder than like any fighting game that we're playing right now in terms of execution, but beginners don't care because they don't need that. They don't even know it's there. They don't have to interact with it. They just, you can have fun playing the game because the way it's designed, you know, makes you have so much fun. And there's all these classic examples Obviously, Street Fighter 2 was, you know, a worldwide phenomenon, but also games that were beloved by more casual players like Soul Calibur 2 or, you know, the Dead or Alive series. Tekken, even Tekken always does really well with casual players, despite being very hard. And at the end of the day, I think what it comes down to is like... Is the game fun? Like when you press the buttons, do you immediately yes. feel that sense of fun and like, oh my gosh, like cool stuff is happening, and you feel in control of it? Which uh, I think that's more important than worrying about like, oh, should we, should we make this, uh, make crouching medium kick a little bit less plus on block because beginners feel oppressed by the fact that it true combos into fireball. Like they don't care, they don't even know that that's a thing. So I, I They're think just sometimes doing their drive
1: impact over and over. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah fun, exactly. The paint I, explodes I, and I, the I, screen I,
2: I I think sometimes people focus on the wrong stuff. I do think that the simple controls thing is a pretty good idea, especially for like people who just play on pad. Obviously you can do everything on pad, but if you're like a a newcomer who plays on pad, you know, you might not be used to doing DP motions and stuff. So I feel like the simplified control scheme is good. I like the fact that they called it modern instead of calling it simple because nobody picks simple mode in like Marvel (laughs) three, because they're like, I don't want to be simple mode. I want to play the real game. So I, I think it was smart to call it like classic controls and modern controls. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like in general, the most important thing that they should focus on is fun. I think this applies to like teaching people the game too. Yes. I do think that tutorials are important, but there are some tutorials that I worry, like, are they putting people off the game more than they're helping them just because there's so much text. And at, at the end of the day, if someone wants to get good at the game, the best way to make them get good is to just make the game so much fun that they don't want to stop playing you know, people got good at all these old games without tutorials, without YouTube, even just because they were having so much fun that that's all they wanted to do was play. So I think focus on making the game fun round, first, you know, sorry, yeah. what was
1: that? I said they were in early enough. You're throwing a quarter every time yeah. you want to play the game. That's no kidding. adding up pretty yeah. quick.
2: Seriously. So I, I think if they focus on fun and, and like they're adding a lot of stuff to the game that they don't have to add, they don't, they don't have to have, this like goofy mode where the Mega Man 2 enemies are there like they don't have to add that but they're doing it anyway they don't have to add final fight to the game and let you play while you're waiting for the tournaments in the lot they didn't have to do this but they did it so to me that's like a good sign that they're like okay we want to make a complete package that feels like you get your money's worth and I think that's the most important thing for getting casual people into the game is just make a good game that people want to play you know
1: Well, we all know if you've been in the FGC for more than 10 minutes that those that are more competitively minded are all about optimization. Like you were saying, um, I think earlier, we were, you know, Third Strike, there's a best super for most characters to use, there's Mm -hmm. a there's a right way of approaching a lot of situations. And it's not just in Third Strike, it's across fighting games in general. the idea of trying to optimize Street Fighter 6 is insane to me because of how many ways you could go about it and how many situations you might find yourself in where your meter is this much and their meter is this much and like, do you go for this strategy or that? Um, To me, as a more competitively minded player, I feel like I'm gonna have to throw that away. And I think you were kind of getting at that a little bit earlier that it's like, you no, know, just just submerge yourself into it and, and have fun doing it. And you will optimize over time. Sure, you'll learn the lessons and such, but as long as you're having fun along the way, that's the key thing. And I, I really like that. I think that is, that is, that's what it's all about when it comes down to it. Like you have to be fun first and foremost, and then worry about balance and this is and that's. But do you feel that way too, when, when it comes to the, the well, again, like how much you could potentially do in the like are you concerning yourself with optimizing the visa the drive system the <laughs> the, the
2: the decisions are so complicated like yeah. if you're at like four chunks of drive gauge and you're like I want to do an EX move then I'll go down to 2 but he's got two super meters and super takes away my drive gauge and what if I block too much like am I going to get exo- like it's so Hard. And are you gonna
1: think about all of those things in the moment that you're in that that situation to go for the for the EX move or not? Like it it
2: could, you know, there are like subconscious things like I I feel like I've talked about Street Fighter 4 a lot, but you know, that was like one of the one of the really formative games for me. And in that game, like if you play a DP character, you kind of just want to have two EX bars a lot so that you can mm-hmm. DP FADC on um, wake up. So I'm wondering if you'll just have those like those shorthand things where it's like, well, I'm not going to let myself get below three drive gauges yeah. or two or wh- however many it is like that's when things start to get dangerous and I'm risking exhausting myself. Why do I call it exhaust? I'm risking burnouting Burnout. yeah. myself. Uh, so it's possible that there's, there's going to be you know, the little ideas like that that exist. And then there are going to be hype tournament moments where it's like, oh my God, he only has half a bar of drive left. He used it all to get this kill. Like, is it going to work out? So I'm really excited for those kinds of moments. And yeah, like the... The amount that you have to think about to really optimize your use of meter is going to be insane. And that's not even to mention the fact that now you have three supers at the same time. So, like, when was the last time that happened? Was that also an alpha or I guess like third Marvel?
0: Strike, I think. Uh, oh, well, at the same time. Uh, the yeah, same. yeah oh see, third goodness. strike you yeah. pick at the start. But this yeah. you, if you have three
2: hmm. meters, you have three supers that you can pick, you know. So, like, that almost never happens. So that's even yeah. more options that are available to you. You have to think about you know, is they, am I gonna try to land multiple level one supers because those are the easiest ones to combo into? Am I gonna save it up?
0: Like, there's so much to think about. It's crazy. Yeah, um, how I look at this since you're both um, uh, Street Fighter Four players is one of the early things about the meta in Street Fighter Four was when someone hit you with an ultra, it was very likely that they were gonna try to come back and hit you. They, the opponent was going to hit you with an. Uh, come back with it, right? So it, it's, um, you know, it charged up your ultra meter, did all that kind of stuff, your revenge gauge, whatever they called it in that game. Um, and it was, that was one of the early most popular strategies in the game. It was like the moment you popped an ultra on someone, like expect it to come back at you. Especially, I mean if you're going for a media attack on their wake up, like you know that is coming, they can't yeah. resist. Like it's a perfect time to bait it out. And I, I think something similar is going to emerge with Street Fighter 6, especially with like the drive impacts because it's so flashy, it takes a bar, it absorbs like two or three hits right now, uh, all that other kind of stuff. I think you're going to see that very popular tactic kind of emerge at first and then a good way to, to get good at the game right off the bat is to lab against that specific tactic that, that emerges in the meta um, because that, that that's what it is with fighting games is, is people are like okay I'm going to explore this to some degree on my own but what's the cheap stuff? What's the really mm. dirty things that everyone's doing? Let me go pick Rufus and go right into Ultra because that's <laughs> how you do this and that's how everyone plays and here we go and so if you lab against that stuff specifically you can get really far ahead of the game and at least you know not get scrubbed out as the term would be that you know the, the one tactic that everyone's doing that's super cheap and super good you know that's going to happen in street fighter 6 as well it happens in every fighting game but if you get good against that one thing uh, it, it's much easier to not get so frustrated by the experience
1: i have one more general question it's for both of you next but people especially when a new game is on the horizon often want to say and <laughs> If you were good at Street Fighter 4, you're not going to be good at Street Fighter 5 because it flows this way and Street Fighter fi- 4 benefited this, right? So if we're looking at what we see for Street Fighter 6 so far, which Street Fighter past will prep you the best for Street Fighter 6? Jam, I, you're To first. me,
2: I, I think by far it's 5. I, I think by far 6 is closest to 5 in the most ways like there are a lot of similar combo routes so like in 5 a really standard combo route is like standing medium punch crouching medium punch like pretty much every character can do that for the most part and that's in 6 too so there's a lot of stuff like that but um you know obviously it does have some elements of third strike with the parry and stuff but i'm almost wondering like will that even make it harder cuz you'll be used to being able to use parry the way you can in third strike and it'll be so weird in 6 like it works in a totally different way so i i think generally 4 and 5 are probably the closest cuz they have the link system And uh, they kind of have that feel. I feel like all the 3D games have kind of like a different feel Uh, where the older games, it was more about like confirming off one hit into super. That was like generally a more common strategy or like just fishing with stray hits. Whereas in four and five, it's more about like your stray hits with like jabs and and medium punches and medium kicks. You're probably going to be able to get a real combo off them because you can link. And it seems like six is going to be the same way. So I, I think five is probably the one that people should play if they want to get an early an early head start. But generally, I just say you should play whatever game you like most. I, I think that putting time in is going to be worth more than stressing out about, am I playing the right game? So I think you can play whatever you want. I'm playing three. I'm not playing five right now. But yeah, if you haven't same. played any of them, I think five is probably a good place to
0: start. Yeah, hey, John. and I completely agree with JM here. Uh, he's, he's dead on with uh, five being the closest one, same development team, all that other kind of stuff. Um, and I'll actually say that the, the secondary game, uh, he, he said four, I actually think the secondary game is shockingly going to be third strike and the reason why is that in third strike it's it's not so much the options you have but how you use them uh and there's a good amount of restraint you have to play third strike with kind of in general um because of the parry system just because of the way the game works and if you just you know balls to the wall go crazy and stuff in that game it's pretty easy to die um and there's a few characters who can kind of throw caution to the wind uh, I'm an Alex player so I do a little bit of caution to the wind with him <laughs> because you know he's low tier so I'm going to do it that got way to. but yeah, um, but with Street Fighter Six, there's so many options to blow up everything. Um, that that if you're just kind of going crazy and you get predictable, you're pretty much dead. And that is that's a really direct callback to Third Strike. And, and um, so that's where I would say. Um, but but four is a good comparison as well. Um, but for me, it, Third Strike is one that that jumps out the most uh, beyond mm-hmm. five.
1: My my inclination is third strike as well. But the more I think about it, this seems like such an amalgamation of all of the past Street Fighters. There's a little sprinkling of every, you know, there's there's the FADC, there's V reversals, there's um, you know, these these different supers from like from like the Alpha Days. And uh really the answer to this will be more manifest once we're all playing it and we find out what components of Street Fighter Six tend to be the most rewarding. Um hopefully we we don't see that very obviously and, and it just remains this thing of you can approach it any way you want but that's really hard to do in fighting games and i and i don't suspect it especially on launch that it will be that balanced out um but that said i I, it feels like it there's bits and pieces of every street fighter from before this going into this game, hopefully the best bits and pieces. And I do think that that's true of, of Perry and the third strike. Um, We'll see if uh, the best bits of street fighter five made it in and not the worst bits, but uh, that's sort of how I'm, I'm seeing it right now. Uh, But yeah, if there's anything else that you guys wanted to uh, chat about, I'm open to uh, open to anything else, but otherwise that's all I've got.
2: Uh, Sounds no, like we're I good. mean, I, I'm, I, I'm definitely cl- closing thoughts about SF six. I'm definitely feeling hopeful. I think that, uh, what you said, John, about this being like, uh, you know, it, I don't want to say it's like an apology for five, but it's kind of like, they've identified what were the problems with five and they're trying to really, really do the opposite. Like five, it felt a little bare bones at launch. It didn't have that many features. So guess what? Six has a billion features. It has so many different modes. So it really feels like they're trying to go the opposite direction and and really blow us away after uh, we
0: all felt a little bit deflated after Five's launch yeah that's definitely going to be the headline of the story uh jm says that street fighter 6 is an apology for street fighter 5 <laughs> no. Scree- in a giant middle finger to capcom there we go uh, so <laughs> makes my job easy <laughs> not the clickbait not the clickbait fellas <laughs>
1: big old arrow right there yeah. uh jam where can the people find you where do you want where do you uh, where do you hang out
2: uh so you can subscribe to me on twitch or on uh I mean, sorry, you can subscribe to me on YouTube. You can follow me on Twitch. I stream, uh, five to 8 PM Eastern time every weekday. And definitely during the street fighter six beta, if I get in fingers crossed, I'm going to be streaming like all day, every day during the beta. So twitch.tv slash JM Crofts and uh, youtube.com slash JM Crofts. That's about it.
1: Right on. Well, thank you again so much for joining us here. I've had a fun conversation with you guys. It's been really pleasant. And, uh, Guys, if you wouldn't mind liking, commenting, subscribing on all of uh, our stuff, on all of JM's stuff, uh, we would all really appreciate it. Thank you so much for watching, and we will see you in the next video.